This conversation is supported by the InLife Shiro's advocacy movement. Learning to deal with our personal finances is intimidating, but that shouldn't stop us from taking our first steps towards financial independence. Thankfully, we have the InLife Shiro's advocacy movement to hold our hand as we walk the path towards achieving our financial dreams. Ready to start? Visit www.inlifeshiros.com to find your financial advisor. Now onto the episode. When you were a kid and you were asked what you wanted to be when you grew up, did you ever answer scientist? As adults, an actual career in science seems pretty far-fetched for most of us. Unless your name is Stephanie Tumampos, that is. Stephanie is a Filipina hailing from Bohol who happens to be a geodata scientist. She talks to us about what it's like having a career in science, as well as the realities of being a scientist in a country like the Philippines. And for all those kids who say they want to be scientists, well, Stephanie has a lot to say about that. My name is Leah Cruz. On this episode of What Glass Ceiling, we talk to Stephanie Tumampos. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us on What Glass Ceiling. It's a pleasure to be um, invited as a guest here, Leah. Thank you so much. Stephanie, you're a geodata scientist. What exactly does this mean and what does your work involve? So a geodata scientist handles a lot of data that, that involves the Earth. No, So um so we have a lot of data we take from Earth observation uh, uh, equipment like satellites that go around the Earth. So every day it takes a lot of data like images, you know, and then we we use that data every day to see changes on the Earth. And then with machine learning right now, that's where the data science comes in because we have a lot of data that 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 we collect. Um, we try to use the power of technology as well, like machine learning, uh, to to see what we can um, draw from the data. Like, for example, you know, a series of um, temperature anomalies. You, uh, this is what we call a, a, a time series. So, time series means like from the 1950s to today, and then we see a lot of temperature anomalies. That's not Anomalies means it's not the normal trend, you know, it's it's different from the normal trend. So when you see these anomalies, it could be an onset for, say, um, for uh, heat waves. So, and then we want to see when it happens possibly in the future, because these trends can actually tell us something that it can happen again in the future and when and how much, how strong. So those are some of the um, applications of, what we do as geodata scientists. So it's basically a lot of information about where we live, about the Earth, and you you move into the realm of application. Do you do you study the different situations about what can happen, or do you just collect data? So not just, we 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 delve into the application, of course, and also we delve into the methodology. So the the collection of data is done by the satellites, by the sensors, but what we do is. Um, uh, uh, what I do uh, specifically is um, I use a specific mathematical um, equation to to do probability, the probability of something that will happen. So it's um, it's a mathematical equation that was never used in any of the uh, in any application on Earth. So it's something very new, and we hope it would work because if it works, then it would be a first 
to use that kind of equation. We call it ambit stochastic. So it's a prob it's a type of probability in statistics. And um, I don't know how to further explain that, but all I can say is that um, it's it's basically uh, you have these um, all these parameters of a data, and then you try to to come up with something. Um, the 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 equation uh, tries to get a lot of um, information to get a probability that that um, something will happen in the future. So that's our basis, like a model. So okay, like on a daily basis, people don't really get to chat with a scientist and and find out like what exactly it took to get to that point. So how did how did you become a geodata scientist? So. Um, this is funny because um, I didn't I didn't really expect to be in this um, this field. I started, um, of course, when I was in high school. Uh, I was in in a small island called Bohol. It's not really small compared to the other islands in the Philippines, but um, well, it's the tenth largest island in the Philippines. But still, it's it's from the provinces. And then when I was growing up, my dad never, my mom and dad never really thought that I'd be a scientist. Uh, they were always thinking that I would be a doctor, a diplomat. I was telling sorts of things, not really a scientist. And then when I was in high school, we I, I took I was in Tagbilaran City Science High School. It was a science high school. And I, I didn't really love or fell in love with physics or anything. It's just that when I was um, applying for UP, uh, I thought of um, maybe I should just apply for this course called Applied Physics. And my my thought my back my, at the back of my mind, I know that my mom and dad will not let me go out anyway of Bohol or in Cebu. The, the the farthest I would go would be Cebu. Um, they were afraid my dad specifically because no one would would be able to watch over me if I'm far away. I was just allowed to do the UP exam because it was for free as well. So when I learned that I I passed. Um, it was really hard to convince my dad, you know, and then my dad told me that I should just take nursing. And although nursing is not a bad um, course, it's just that it's it's not what I wanted at that time. And then my dad said, hey, you just try for a semester, you'd like it. And then I said, no, no one's gonna, I, I won't go to college if that's the thing. I, I want what I want, like, you know, like, I just want to get out of Bohol and Cebu and to start learning on my own, be independent. So I went to UP and then uh, I took applied physics. And then after applied physics, I took uh, environmental engineering out of the love of environmental physics. I had a course right there of environmental physics. And then um, when I was doing my engineering, I, I was introduced to GIS and remote sensing. GIS means geo geographical information systems and it's where you, you see a lot of information from the earth and you map these information on the earth. And then for the longest time, I was also involved in astronomy uh, because of uh, my job with Dr. Rogel Maricese, who is an astrophysicist. And then I applied for many ast astrophysics um, uh, scholarships, but I was always short end of the stick. I got this, the, the program, but I never had a scholarship abroad. So it wasn't, I guess it wasn't for me. And then there's this program called Copernicus Master in Digital Earth in 2019. Digital Earth, so it's it's really geodata science and, and, and 
all these related remote sensing um, topics, and I applied and I got the scholarship right away. So, um, so I said this was for me, and I really liked it as well. So I got into this um, to this uh, to this uh, field basically because of a lot of twists and turns. So, uh, and finally, I made it um, where I really liked the subject. So now you're in Munich. Yes. Yes, you are. Uh, sorry, what are you? What 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 are you there for at the at this very moment? So I'm currently a doctoral student at the Technical University of Munich. So I'm currently under a scholarship. Um, it's a scholarship under the state of Bavaria, which is here in Germany. So yeah. um, I got a scholarship through applying, and then the the uh, and it's funny, you know, because I I was always told that I was lost. Um, there were a lot of challenges along the way because everyone was telling me you're in applied physics, now you're doing environmental engineering, and now you're doing astronomy or earth science, and now you're geodata scientist. And, and um, when I applied for this specific uh, uh, study, um, that's what my advisor actually saw, that I had a background in environmental engineering, I had a background in physics, and that's what they wanted. So, see, I, I mean, I just wanted to say that I got this... Um, this course, this this specific program, basically because I was quote unquote lost. Um, I had to try a lot of things before I came here, and it was all worth it. I, I mean, all I can say is that whatever journey you're in, it's part of what where you're gonna be. It's funny because you don't actually hear people who are scientists. You don't hear them called lost. I mean, yung mga tinatawag na lost, yung mga walang trabaho, yung mga tamba, yung walang direction sa buhay. But I mean, to hear a scientist being called lost, I guess basically because you couldn't you couldn't decide on a on a focus perhaps. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's it's it's kind of it's not usually what you hear. But I have to ask. I mean, being in Germany, being abroad and being in the realm of science, I'm sure that there are a lot more opportunities, not just scholarships, but job opportunities than if you would be back here home in the Philippines. So I'm very curious, what's it like to be in the field of science in the Philippines? So um, I think I have a specific, uh, I wouldn't say specific, no, but I have a comparison in terms of the, the being a scientist in the Philippines and being scientist here because I see a lot of things here that isn't in the Philippines. For example, a lot of financial opportunities. So for a science for science to actually flourish, you, know, you need a lot of experiments. So kailangan mo mag-experiment. You need funding for the experiment. And that's uh, a big problem because um, in the Philippines, we don't have as much money as, for example, the first world country like Germany. So, yung problema is, uh, number one, I would say number one, is financial opportunities. Number two, I think the most important one is the bureaucracy. So, here, um, of course, there's bureaucracy here in Germany um, in terms of getting finances or, or, or these things. But in the Philippines, kasi when you... Uh, when you try to procure equipment, it takes a lot of time. I think um, when I was in the Philippines, I also took. Uh, I, I was also a science uh, journalist, you now from Business Mirror. I I also tried this this field of science communication, and then I managed to interview a lot of scientists as well. And one of their problems is always bureaucracy. 
procurement of of in uh, of equipment. So getting even say for example a ream of paper is takes months. Not and then yung ano yung yung problem talaga is is the is how it's processed. It takes years or at least a year and and pani uh, in in Tagalog pa panis na yung ano experiment or yung idea. So here kasi it's like um the way I experience it, for example, no, uh, when I started my PhD, my doctoral studies, um, tinanong agad ng supervisor ko, do you need anything like equipment? What's your equipment right now? I said, I have a MacBook Air. That's not enough. Let's buy the new, uh, a new one. So give me a very, uh, very, very powerful computer. And then sabi niya, um, what's your uh, headphones? Do you need headphones? Sabi ko, meron namang, ano, parang earphones. This no, 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 let's buy you a new um, headset. And I said, uh, is this normal? <laughs> parang, ano, no? parang I asked for a webcam. Sabi niya, uh, oh, here's a webcam. I saw this 4K webcam. This is what I'm using right now. Sorry. But then the thing is that, um, sabi niya, I just don't want you to have any reason not to perform your job. So I was like, take it aback. And then he said, if you need more data, we can tell our contacts. We can get everything we need. Um, we just need you just need to tell me. So I mean, based from that itself, the big agad. I mean, the computer, my my laptop was given in two weeks. I mean, I had a initial laptop na binigay niya. Sabi niya, oh, this is temporary muna. And then the next two weeks, it is like, oh, there's a package for you. This is your new laptop so, for from the office. And I was so shocked because it's not something I I I have ever experienced in the Philippines. You know, it's. Sabi pa lang niya, do you need a tablet? Sabi ko, no, no more. I mean, it's too much. Um, I just need my laptop and maybe, sabi ko, I need an extra screen at home if I want to work from home. And said, okay, get the screen here. So, but in the Philippines, I don't think you can do that. So far as what I've experienced since um, I left in 2019, uh, what I've heard. And even when I was um, doing my bachelor's experiments, no, it would take, I mean, it's, it's uh, when I was in bachelor's in, in college, I remember buying my own um, uh, chemicals as well because my my thesis that time was um, about material science. So um, I had to buy my own uh, material. Like it was 6,000 pesos. So, so parang, who would, who, I mean, you're a student struggling to actually, uh, I mean, not everyone has the money to actually buy these stuff, these materials. So, so. I had to call mom and dad or, or or even I had extra jobs back then. So I had to really save up money so I could perform experiments. And then ang hirap lang kasi you, you, it has to be either out of pocket or um, hindi ka dito, hindi ka doon. Or yung, yung supervisor mo naghihintay pa ng delivery ng, ano, ng equipment. So it's really, um, it's a it's a mix of financial opportunities pa yung, ano, yung bureaucracy itself, yung procurement. It's it's so hard. I mean, it's I know it's government, but we I think we can do better. And I hope, um, I know that the OSP is really, because um, uh, I, 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 I have colleagues also as well in the OSP, you know, I, I know they're really pushing boundaries forward, maraming opportunities, but still, um, we... If if I would compare it, there's still a lot more of room for improvement. So if you're a scientist or even studying to be one here in the Philippines, what are the existing opportunities for you? Hmm. So um, 
in terms of uh, student, no, we have a lot of scholarships. Um, I think I'm really happy what uh, DOST is offering right now because there are two kinds of scholarship, uh, not really two kinds of scholarship, but two levels of um, funding for for students. So, meron mga courses na mas mataas yung yung stipend kasi mas ano yun, mas uh, mas konti yung mga tao but in but need um, but uh, there's also like um, a, a level na a group or class ng scholarship nila na mas mababa kaysa tong first na sinabi ko uh, eh, but generally science like engineering ganyan the first one is like physics math and then they included fisheries. Uh, as far as I remember, they included Milan fisheries, which was I was really happy because um, in my island, where I come from, in the the province I come from, in the barangay I come from, fisheries talaga yung pamumuhay ng mga tao. And people think in the Philippines that fisheries is like about um, mangingi, magiging pagiging mangingisda. And I want to. I, I'm really happy na parang emphasize na siya as a really good. Um, uh, course in the Philippines kasi kailangan natin ng mga mga bata or mga bata I, my age is showing up but we need students to actually um, to, to, to study in the field of fisheries agriculture kasi it's what we're really um, good at you know it's what we really need as well it's not just physics as well I mean I'm not saying that that you don't go to physics but I think there's there's a little um, stereotype when it comes to many courses and for scientists as well we have a lot of um uh, opportunities for example in the in in the in the university even in the academy we have research assistants when you graduate or in in companies as well so for example if you're a mathematician or a a physicist for example on my end um what uh the opportunities would be you could be a hardware engineer, you could be a software engineer, because physics is all about um, uh, uh, building stuff as well, like robotics. We also do that. Um, we also do programming. We also do hardware, uh, doing piece, like um, building something that's electronic. So, so there are a lot of opportunities. I think the limitation is that a lot of our human resources just don't know where to put us Actually, so if I wanted to stay in the, if I was a scientist and I was looking for a job and I wanted to stay in the Philippines, what kind of what can I expect? I mean, in terms of uh, financial opportunity, perhaps, or, mm-hmm. or even the so, lifestyle. I would say that uh, the salary, you know, in the Philippines is much lower than here, but. Um, there are opportunities depending on which science you're in. So, for example, me, I'm a geoscientist, geodata scientist. Um, there are the 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 field of geoscience in general is is growing because the need, for example, you know, the need for our professionals like us, even in the insurance field, is very important. So, uh, yeah, because uh, for example, you no, know, there's this land that's insured. And we need to know if that land is um, prob- does has a probability to have landslides. So, kailangan namin i-assess yun through uh, uh, previous data, and then we need to map them. So, if it's insured, and then the insurance company says our geodata science tells us that this area is 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 prone to flood, 
then we can't cover full something like that. So it's actually a diverse field these days. And then, for example, um, in uh, in general mapping technology, so a lot of um, a lot of uh, scientists, a lot of companies abroad are actually outsourcing um, uh, a scientist in the Philippines, in other countries, not just in, for example, in first world countries, basically because uh, they have projects as well in the Philippines, for example. So um, they have offices as well. And, and I think um, given that we have a lot of climate change problems, a lot of even for refugees, no. Even for um, for for respond response and recovery, for example, for a um, calamity, uh, geodata scientists are in demand basically because we assess areas. So um, I don't think uh, in the Philippines um, it's a big. Uh, uh, a big, uh, there are a lot of opportunities yet, but it's growing. And um, uh, in terms of financial opportunities, it pays well in the lifestyle of the Filipinos. So, syempre, mas mababa siya kaysa dito first world. But I would say, as a Filipino, no, for me, um, I would really love to stay in the Philippines kasi malungkot dito. Uh, it's also... Um, uh, a thing to adjust, adjust to culture, to language. But in the Philippines, I could be, I, I miss those days now in the weekends, I could just go home for a flight, one hour flight in, in Bohol and, and just spend the weekend and go back. And here, I, I just stay at home and I miss the sea. So it's really different. It's difficult also to, to, I know, to, to stay abroad. And, and the, 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 the way, the, the, the cost of living here is also very high. So rent is high, um, food is high. We save up by cooking at home. So yung mga ganon. So iba talaga. Um, it's still a balance. And I think um, in the Philippines, the lifestyle I think for me is better because you're nearer to everyone. So yun. Do you have a lot of colleagues who have gone abroad because of better opportunities? Um. Hmm, that's a good question. So my um most of my colleagues actually are in the Philippines. So I would say 50% of them are in the Philippines. Others have already moved abroad. Basically, um they are uh they are uh they have opportunities there as well or moved there because of um family. But uh I think if I as far as I could remember, most of my colleagues are actually in the Philippines. Um, they're working for big companies as well. So it's not that it's a dead end, no. Everyone yeah. thinks that going abroad is is, is actually, um, it helps you uh, uh, make a lot of money or earn a lot of money, but it's not actually, nakakalungkot um, siya. When, when you're a student and you you say that you want to take a science course in college there's still this there's still this stigma attached to it na ah, gusto mo mag physics anong gagawin mo diyan magiging teacher ka there's there's a there's still that sense of uh, mm-hmm. there's still that sense attached to it and is that something that you had to deal with or do people still think that way nowadays i think um 
Nowadays, I'm not sure, but when I was starting out, that's what my dad told me. You'd just oh. be a teacher. And nothing bad about being a teacher. A teacher's job is honorable. It's it's one of the most fulfilling jobs you'll ever have. But I, when I was um, taking, uh, when I was planning to move already to Los Baños to take my 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 bachelor's, no, um, ang sinabi lang tatay ko, bakit ka ba gusto mag, bakit mo gusto mag-apply, mag-physics, mag-apply physics? Ano bang trabaho yan? And I could not blame him, no, because the 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 culture, the the knowledge of people who are not who does who don't know this these kinds of um uh uh field, lalo na sa provincia, wala silang alam. So I had to really understand that. I didn't hate my dad for it. It was just something na lagi kong iniisip na bakit sinasabi nila to na parang walang future pag nagphysics ka, nagscience ka. And sa isip ko kasi wala ang narinig lang nila sa probinsya is nurse may pera engineer may pera seaman may pera so kasi kada way yun na yung agad ng may pera eh. but for science hindi ka talaga magiging um mapera as much as for example uh uh seaman no kasi syempre seaman they earn dollars but then they still it's not an easy job I, my younger brother was a seaman and he said it's so hard 12 hour shift It's not easy and you deal with life and death in the sea. And sabi ko, so, so anyway, going back, so yun yung na-face na, na, na ko, no, na parang magiging teacher ka lang. And I just told my dad, so what, no, parang it's my life. If I'm gonna have something for myself, I, at least I'm happy with my choice, no. Hindi ako na, 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 na push na kumuha ng course or job na ayoko naman. So, ayun, so parang, but I was nervous kung ano yung magiging outcome ng applied physics. Parang nakikita ko nga usually teacher and research, which was really fun for me actually. Gusto ko naman talaga maging teacher. I really like to teach. And then ngayon, given that there's a lot of data, no, is, um, if, if for the information of the listeners of um, what glass ceiling, no, um, Today's age, no, your phone, every time you click something there, kahit yung, yung, yung data na naka 4G, 2G, 3G ka, nakukuha yan ng Facebook. Okay? And then, although hindi naman kinukuha yung name mo, pero nakukuha yung, yung data. All your data. I mean, you get, nakikita mo naman sa Facebook, pag sinabi mong cellphone, biglang lalabas yung ad ng cellphone. Ganun, di ba? So, yung data mo, ang dami niyan. We get, nagagamit din namin yan yung geodata uh, data sa yung data ng Facebook para sa amin kasi nakikita ko saan banda yung 4G 2G 3G for example so at nakuha namin yan so um ibig sabihin ang daming data from your cellphone ikaw nagki-click ka syempre nakikita ko saan ka nagki-click sa Bohol o alam alam agad yan kasi IP address mo pa lang Bohol ganyan so um yan pa lang masasabi ko na Data yan. And data right now is our new oil. Um, ito yung fuel ng economy kasi um, we process a lot of data every day. Anong gagawin ng data? So kailangan ng mga tao marunong mag-handle ng data. And one of them is being a scientist, a physicist, a statistician, a mathematician. Um, even in, um, hindi ko alam kung na-introduce na, na abroad, uh, in Philippines, per abroad, they hire physicists to actually... Um, analyze economy kasi may tinatawag na econophysics. 
kasi yung trend ng ng kahit anong trend pa yan may may equation kasi yan so ang sino bang nag-aaral ng mga ganyan physicists mathematicians statisticians so pero um merong future ngayon especially ngayon kasi ang daming data eh no parang from our climate itself to data from the phone from facebook yeah. from whatever snapchat tiktok i don't know but all i know is that facebook has you can access data and there's free data everywhere there's what in first world countries they have a movement called open science in which i hope that it will also be a movement in the philippines no na we can easily get data for for proper purposes of course yeah. for research but we have a lot of data so um getting that information is the value of the data and that's what drives the um the the technology economy right now so and daming opportunities today you left the philippines in 2019 and yes. but before that you were doing you were doing outreach you were was it outreach yeah. teaching is that what you call it and and you teach yeah. science to to little kids yeah. can yeah. you tell us about that and tell us also about how the lessons that you thought were received okay so um I started that um, outreach uh, with the help of Dr. Rogel Maricese. So he's an astrophysicist. He came back to the Philippines from Japan after um, doing work after his PhD there. Um, and then he said he wanted to do something in the astronomy field, astrophysics field. And um, he hired me as his assistant at first because he wanted to do a startup company. And then being as in his assistant meant that I would do a lot of stuff like research education. And then we started also with the outreach as well. So timing lang 2013, no, there there was a, a an earthquake in Bohol. There was also a um, uh, the typhoon Yolanda, and we thought we should do an outreach that's not uh, that's not just giving food, you know or giving um, relief goods. So first I went to, uh, we went to Basay Summer months after na, mga January na. And um, we went there, we were bringing, of course, materials, kids, like educational materials. And then um, we, our plan was to teach them why typhoons happen. Kasi when we ask kids, there were, I, I think around 170 kids there ranging from grade one to grade six. And then we invited them all. We just had a little activity that we brought materials with. And then um, the thought is that, ang iniisip kasi ng mga kids, pag mayroong mga calamities is that nagagalit si Lord. So, yeah. So parang yung thought is, galit na yung Diyos sa taas. Like, si God is angry. That's why we experience this. And then, Para sa amin, baka naman nagalit talaga si God, pero may explanation pa rin dyan. So, we don't say no to kids, of course. We want them to actually get their imagine, imagination out. But then, we want to also teach them. So, we taught them how typhoons work and why it gets stronger. And that's when they said, ah, ganun pala, ma'am. So, ibig sabihin, hindi kami pwedeng mag... Ano bang pwede namin gawin para hindi to lumakas ng lumakas? So... Tinuturuan namin kung ano yung mga dapat gawin para hindi uh, hindi hindi lumala yung climate change. For example, no, um, the small act of segregating your uh, your garbage, yung basura natin, yung parang ano yung parang uh, plastic ganyan. 
yung magre-recycle tayo, ganyan. Kasi, syempre, we burn plastic, of course, yung mga ganun. It harms the environment. So, sabi ko, small things lang. And then, you, you explain that to a kid. They're, they actually get amazed. And then, they always say, yeah, it's good. You know, it's, it's something that hindi pala lang si God ang nagagalit. Kasi, may ginagawa din tayo. So, they realize that they've been doing something wrong. And then, and then, in-explain namin na ganito. So, they get interested with science. Kasi the way we teach as well in outreach is that we, it, it's very, um, tawag dito, it's grassroots. Um, we use materials that are just around that they could um, do the same activity again. And also, uh, it's, it's very, uh, uh, how do you call this one? Parang ini-involve namin silang lahat sa process. So, it's not the plain blackboard and then tell a story, but we, we, we tell them to do this stuff and then um, ask them what happens. And if it's a wrong answer, we say, could be, but actually this what happened. This is what happens. And then even in um in in Bohol, no, I, I initiated this myself with friends. Na, um, we find um uh, we find a specific school uh to do outreach and we had like uh I think around 70 kids and then they said they had so many questions, no? And actually, it's not just them who learned. It was actually me who learned. Because one of the things they asked is that, for example, you know, what to do when, when there's an earthquake? And they said they, said they, they will just um, uh, lie down. So sabi ko, well, if you're outside, you try to, um, to stay on the ground, ganyan, parang uupo ka sa ground, ganyan. And then some kid just raised his hand and said, Ma'am, marami pong milk dito pag nahulugan po kami. It's parang over, oh my God, that's something I didn't know. Na parang, I didn't um, realize na, oh nga pala, ang dami palang milk dito. Sabi ko, di ko may basketball court doon. Sabi ko, dun kayo ha, sa gitna. Okay? That's for example, pag nasa loob kayo ng bahay, nang gagawin nyo? So sabi ko, sa ilalim ng table or sa, ano, sa parang yung door arch, so sabi nila, ma'am, yung bahay po namin hindi po ganun kaganda. Tapos ano po, parang, parang naisip ko na, oh, this is a learning experience as well yes. for grassroots teaching. No? Yeah. Na not everyone has a good house or has yeah. a good table. Kasi under the table, sabi, wala po, yung table po namin, ma'am, putol po yung isang paa. Tapos parang may, parang pinatong lang daw. So, so parang, paano ko ba sasagutin yun? But it's a very genuine question from a kid. And that's something that we should learn as well. We're teaching kids, no? Because they will never learn if it's not relatable to yes. them as well. Yeah. So, parang yung learning experience, it, it parang napapasok sa utak nila yung yung learning learnings. If it's it also comes from experience. So, yung parang yung activity nyo something na lahat sila nakaka nagiging involved. And even the teacher said na um san ko ba natutunan tong mga to? Tapos parang sabi ko. Actually, iniisip namin kung paano ginagawa yung mga activities. We test them and then before we deploy the activities. So, in, in, under, under our, uh, under Dr. Sese, we, he always told us na parang bago nyo ilabas yung mga activities, dapat na-test nyo na yan na gumagana yan. Tapos na-check nyo kung it's available in the area yung, um, yung materials. So, so for example, layers of the atmosphere, no? Um, ano ba, paano nyo ba i-explain yung layers of the atmosphere? So, we ask kids na, o oh, magdala kayo ng, ano, uh, plastic plastic bottle, yung parang sa, sa nature spring, ganyan. Sorry for the, it's not a paid ad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. 
but but um gumamit kami ng sabi ko uh, sige dala na lang tayo ng table salt and then ano uh, food coloring and then the amount of table salt and a little different coloring yun yung layers of the atmosphere inside a pet bottle so they remember things so ganun yung outreach namin and also teaching in general no kasi um ayo naming ma- ma- masana yung mga bata especially in the provinces na you can only learn science if my tablet ka, my projector ka, yeah. a PowerPoint presentation. So science should be fun. Science should be, um, science should be, you should be involved in the process of science. Yun. So I hope it answered your question. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, even abroad, what's the ratio of male scientists to women scientists, to female scientists? And do you ever feel um, like there are doors that are not open to you? Like in other industries, do you feel that they're not open to you or not as open to you because you're a woman? I would say na yung ratio ng female-male scientists in the Philippines, I don't have specific number. But I guess we don't have, we welcome female uh, scientists in the field. It's just that we don't give them as much rights as they should. No, because here in other countries, um, we, for me, for example, for me, um, I'm in this uh, professional organization called uh, IEEE Geoscience Remote Sensing Society, and then um, this specific committee started uh, promoting the welfare of women and. Um, and young minorities in the organization. Because this is a worldwide organization, no? And then, we figured na, ang dami pa problema ng babae. So, I also had to think as well, na ganito pala ang problema sa Pilipinas. For example, no? Um, women, when you have your period, sorry for if it could be uh, a little uncomfortable uh, uh, topic for some, pero, pag may period ka, tapos may dysmenorrhea ka, you don't get a sick leave. You get to you have you have to go to work. So here in my uh, university, sa siguro swerte ako supervisor ko. Kasi pag ako sinabi ko hindi ko kaya magtrabaho today, kasi masakit yung puson ko. And sorry if it's uncomfortable for you, pero it's part of my my um my my problem as a woman na meron kaming monthly periods. And I get to have this 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 discomfort. Because I'm saying, not just take the day off. Because it doesn't make sense to actually work if you're not concentrating anyway. So you don't have the concentration. So sa Pilipinas walang ganon eh. Parang it's it's still it's not a sick leave. Plus, for example, maternity leaves. No, a lot of women. I think it's cultural as well in the Philippines that a lot of women have to stay at home to take care of the kids. Uh, it's not napipilitan um ano ba complex kasi sa Philippines kasi the our our um uh, yung yung saan kumukuha ng pera sometimes the women has to go to to work but pagbahay lahat woman eh hindi naman lalaki all the time although i'm not saying it's in general pero may iba naman na lalaki gumagawa but in general a woman has to do everything at home so <clears throat> In terms of uh, maternity leave, how much do we have in the Philippines? Two months, three months? But here in Germany, we have one year. And that's fully paid. In um, Finland, as, as far as I know from my friend na nandoon, sabi niya, a maternity leave daw sa Finland is one year, 
for for newly uh, yung bagong panganak fully paid and if they want to extend to a second year it's still okay and they're 75% paid so parang sabi ko why is this happening and not happening in my country parang parang women deserve to actually have this because raising a kid is is a job you know and i don't have a kid even and thinking about it already stresses me you know tapos parang sabi ko sa Pilipinas pa i don't know how my my mom handled five kids pero ang hirap hindi naman din nagtrabaho si mama nung kami lima so having a, a job a, a, a full time job tapos full time mom ka it's it's so hard and i don't think philippines has that opportunity has that um has an option for women kay yung iba diba parang sa sciences or not just in sciences in general nagko-quit na lang sa job nila kasi it doesn't make sense and then um we also don't have that a culture na parang pag nag-stop ka ng work for a long time tapos pagbalik mo hindi ka tatanggapin kasi nawala yung years so minsan kasi sa interview i don't know there but here pag tinanong nila na bakit bakit nawalan ka ng six months kasi sabi mo well i had i had a kid or something like that they always have to reconsider those things kasi i think here in europe I noticed na grabe yung work-life balance nila. Um, I, I was always told by my supervisor na after work time, when you're at home, don't work at home because it's a home. Unless yung pandemic nga. And then he always tells me on a weekend, don't work, just go out in nature. So um, parang binavalue niya na you have an office to work. You know, it's, it's, you, your home it should be somewhere you can relax. And then, pag vacation naman, we have we have 30-day vacation. So, meaning um, it's 30 work day. That's one and a half weeks. So, dito, mga Europeans, napapansin ko na pag summer, nawawala sila na isang buwan at kalahate. <laughs> <laughs> They're all over the world. Yeah. So, kaya, sa, kaya pag napapansin mo sa Philippines yung mga turista, pag tinanong mo sila na, how long have you been in vacation? Sabi niya, I have vacation for one month. And how do you do that? It's because they have a 30-day work week they leave. So one and a half weeks. Yeah? So it's amazing because parang, parang, and then they have a good healthcare system. In the Philippines, parang yun yung problema, I think. I, I just got out of surgery and I just went in the hospital. I just showed my ID and got out of the hospital. Binigyan lang ng paper na, oh, ito yung... Um, uh, ito yung ipapakita mo sa general gynecologist mo general um uh, uh doctor mo to give you this paper na sinasabing you have to have one week medical leave parang ganun and they didn't have to pay anything so i hope that changes in the philippines kasi i mean if you have if you're a woman no you have a kid or you're giving birth to a kid you're one of the things that stresses you out is how much you're gonna pay diba here it's not that so i don't think namamatay ang mga tao dito sa stress namamatay sila siguro sa ay I don't, I don't know what, siguro sa sasakit. Pero sa Pilipinas, I think one of the main um, problems is really stress, no? The, the high-paced environment, I mean, high-paced talaga kasi you have to um, to earn much money and also yung pay then is not as much as we expect it to be. The high inflation, maliit yung, ang, ang pay is hindi tumataas. So, yun yung problema. And yeah, going back to female in general lang, that's the problem, no? Parang, we don't value these things. And 
I think also, for example, sa organization namin, I heard one story na professor siya sa isang university. She, she had to go to a conference, but she has a newborn baby. So she demanded the university, na you pay for child services. Because if I'm going to represent this university and I'm not bringing my kid, I won't go to that conference. So the university created this fund na, sige, if you have child and you need child care services, then we provide it to you. And we don't have that in the Philippines. I mean, of course, it's a first world country. But if, if you come to think about it, the more we value people, the more they actually value their work. So, so hopefully in the Philippines now for female, they stop working because there's so much work at home. And if we don't have those options for women, they won't stay in the job. So, so yun. in general, lang kasi hindi ko masasabing just for the scientists. It's actually a, a big, ob- a general observation. Truly, truly, for, for women across the board. Now, aside from mm-hmm. being a scientist, you're also a... You're also a journalist. You're a science journalist. You're a science communicator. So you have to bridge the gap between two worlds, the scientific world and the rest of the world. (laughs) And you have to to make the non-scientists understand. I can imagine Mm -hmm. that's tricky. How do you you bridge it? Um, I actually also don't know. Because it just comes out of my imagination, siguro na, Oh, I can maybe I can explain this simply to a kid. But I guess ano siya eh, parang the understanding of science is so important to and also the your imagination and your you have to be curious because uh for me I was curious about the environment. So I had a lot of every time I speak something scientific, ginagawa ko siyang analogy to something that can be seen by a lot of people. So so in terms of um psycho sa journalism no ang hirap nung una kasi um uh I was never trained to be a journalist. I I I write something I write science uh reports not um a science article. So my first um my first article I gave it to my science editor in Business Mirror and then she said um, ang dami namang ano, jargons, parang 80% ata nung sinulat ko, parang ang daming red, um, red marks. Kasi, sabi niya, uh, people don't understand this. You have to think. So, I think one of the things na sinabi niya is that think of people reading your article as second grade students. Dapat alam nila ng second grade students. So, um, I had to read and read a lot of articles online. <laughs> So yung mga mga ano ko mga mga samples ko was from abroad uh, from foreign articles not in the Philippines and then I had to I had to find a way na pag nag-explain ako um it should be relatable to Filipino so ang hirap lang nung una and then I guess out of practice na rin na nasanay na rin na magsulat so so yun pero ang hirap kasi um Paano ba? Um, there are a lot of things na hindi ma-explain ma- ng maayos. And I think for a science journalist or a science communicator in general, for those who want to be a science communicator, um, the most important thing that you need to explain is the process, the methodology. Kasi um, we don't, we of course want nice results, but 
we want this, the, the people to also know that this kind of science can be done as well if they want to. So, yun. What are the biggest lessons that you've learned about yourself throughout this entire journey of, of your career, of your education, of your continuing education over there in Europe? What are the biggest lessons that you've learned about yourself? So number one, um, science should be kind. So I always believe that uh, science should be kind to everyone. Um, what you're doing in research should benefit for everyone. It should be actually, um, uh, it should make other people's lives better. Parang ganun. Um, dapat kinder science kasi we always have science na um, elite science. Parang yun yung tiyatawag ko elite science. Kasi pag sinabi mo kasi science, scientists lang. Um, dapat sila lang yung may alam. Kami, hindi kami scientists eh. But kinder science means that um, you give the others uh, the opportunity to understand the science, not through sarcasm or anything, but explaining to them uh, with patience. And also, um, kinder science, because in our country and in the field where I am, we have a lot of indigenous people. And <clears throat> the movement these days is that if you get data from indigenous lands, they have the, the indigenous people have the right to their data. So dapat kinder science siya. Number two is that I learned that that everything that you're doing along the way will will be always useful in the end. Kasi, yun nga, I was told I was lost. Um, I was applied physics, tapos nag-engineering, environmental. Tapos nag-science journalism ako for many years before getting into um, geodata science or in general remote sensing or earth observation. And dami yung sabi na lost ako all those years. Pero I never really... Um, my my faith was never shaken. Well, at least a bit. Most um, sometimes, no. Parang kini question ko na na why am I here? What what am I doing? But in the end, I was told na oh you're you know how to do this and that. I mean, I did science communication, science journalism, and then and then right now I'm I'm I was chosen as a podcast host as well in my own podcast in in geoscience remote sensing society. And I get to interview scientists from all over the world, from NASA, from European space agencies, and a lot of professors around the world, women in in um, particular. And then I also I also think that those twists and turns will always build yourself. No, um, they it doesn't mean that you're in this stage in your life. That's that's your that's who you are already, and um, you're. You're you're not just a one one. Uh, well, how do you call this one? You're not just a one able person. You're multi-able, meaning you have a lot of. You can be anything you want, and you can actually do anything you want as long as you don't harm other people. But of course, you have a lot of talents in yourself. You can use them all together. Because in the Philippines, our our thinking is that if you're an engineer, you should just be an engineer. You should not do any other stuff. Well, if you're an engineer, if you're a singer, then you do both, right? If you're um um like you, Leah, you're a host, you're a you're a uh, reporter, and you can do also other stuff as well, right? So so our our success is not just one way, but it's multi way. And then another thing is that science should 
not be discriminating or um ano ba, uh, science should be introduced to kids not because you want them to be scientists no you want them to think critically so that's one thing i learned when i was teaching kids um a lot of people have been asking me because i was teaching astronomy and space science like space technology satellites they sabi nila gusto mo ba maging astron- astron- uh, astronomer siya mga yan, or astrophysicist or physicist um lahat na lang astronomy so sabi ko hindi parang doon ko na realize na when you teach a kid as young as they are you, te- you give them a seed an interest in the science and you want them to learn about the the one thing that's important science scientific method that is know the problem get data verify the data and then process the data get conclusions and get results and then get conclusions meaning if every day na pina-practice yan ng bata nagiging critical thinkers sila logical thinkers so maybe when they grow up in the future kung logical thinkers talaga sila and they they actually learn the science this kind of thinking baka naman we can choose better leaders as well you know so that way we we don't get in we don't fall to propaganda or fake news because kids in the future they can actually think better now this is not true so because they will check the data they will inspect the data so you mga ganun they have to be critical thinkers and, and i think once you explain wonders here on earth no parang science and they get interest of that they can actually learn that um scientific method and then that's it that's i think one of the things i learned no and then lastly is that women can do as well, things as well um it doesn't mean that we have to compete with the other um with the other gender or genders but we can work together you know it's not about competition in the philippines i think most of the time i always your competition but but here it's more of cooperation like no it's fine it's we can do this together it's not um i think nawala yung barriers ng ano competition kasi i grew up with like oh you have to be the best you know but here in in when i moved to europe it was always like no it, it's okay we need we just need to produce something good and we can work together So parang, and I also felt na I can be happy for other people kasi competitive yung I guess in a third world country or not third world we're a developing country not third world developing country no we have this thought of competition kasi we need to be better in life we need to have better opportunities but I guess dito kasi I I don't know if they figured it out that they're developed country yung yung thinking is that Um, we need to help you and that's fine if you need help it's okay um, and if you want to to further your learning or like your your career we're here to help you and that's not there's no competition here it's all about um, putting you into a better it helps everyone as well so um, I hope that that uh, that environment changes as well in the Philippines parang dapat ganun na lang din um i grew up with competition kasi so parang kailangan first honor ka parang ganun and we ne- we ne- we're never happy for those first honors pag hindi ka naging first honor eh. Steph, thank you so much for 
everything that you've shared with us here today and for imparting all your wisdom and all of your experiences. Before we end this, can you tell us the words that you personally live by? Hmm. That's a very hard question. <laughs> I think what I live by is uh, to be a good person to everyone. I think not, I mean, being a scientist, I have to think that everyone should benefit because of me. And you have to be good in terms of yourself and to other people. And it doesn't mean that you're good. You can't be angry. You're angry because you love yourself, right? And some things are, we're not, we're, we're offended because, I mean, you were offended because of some things. And that means that you're angry. Meaning that your emotions should be, should be inspected. And um, you, you just need to share your talent to everyone else. Because a talent is never talent unless shared. Thank you so much, Steph. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being on What Glass Ceiling. Feel like you need a little more female support? Visit www.inlifeshiros.com for more information or to connect with a financial advisor. 